Hey everybody, this is Robin. Welcome to the House of X Book Club. Before I introduce who we've got with us, I just want to say we have a kick-ass theme song. <laughs> I dig it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so uh, with me right now, members of the Quiet Council, we've got Shane. Hey. Hey, hey, how's it going today? What Fantastic. do you say? Would you like some hey? He'll do this all day. <laughs> all right. No Let's matter what I say. <laughs> hey, Rowan, how's it going? <laughs> it's flowing. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna just gonna say hello, Drew. Hello. <laughs> and, hey, uh, Drew. How are you? Come on, dude. <laughs> Roger, nope. I'm not a wordsmith. Roger. Okay. Well, hey, now, Roger, Roger you us, should go your screw. Best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> give us your best, Rog. <laughs> How can I top any of that, man? I, I, I mean, you. seriously. I hear you. Um, well, yeah. Welcome, you guys. Thanks for being here. Uh, we read a couple of really cool issues of comics, or at least I think so. But we're going to find out your thoughts here in a moment. Um, what we covered was we covered issue number 12 of Daredevil which I think that's pretty cool. Daredevil's one of my all-time favorites. And X-Men number 20. Um, give me some Give me some general thoughts on your reading. Did you, did you enjoy the experience? More pirates. Yeah. <laughs> Yay for pirates. For, uh, for Daredevil 12 or, or across the board? Yeah, on a whole, on a whole, yeah. Well, yeah, what's, what's with the pirate theme, dude? I don't know. <laughs> Was it happenstance or are you just in a pirate mood? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. I have that some minute. thoughts. Apparently, lateness is grounds for putting on your superhero identity. Yes. Yeah. Because Strange Tales 120, uh, back when we read it, uh, Iceman, you know, did it. Bobby did it to turn into Iceman. And um, Daredevil does it. Both times. Ma to catch Matt Murdock does it. He's like, oh, I'm running late. Put on the Daredevil costume. To get on a ship. Mm. Uh, yep. That's how yep. it works. Um, I will point out too that this issue was written two years after uh, the the Strange Tales 120 that we covered with the Human Torch and Iceman. But let's go ahead and get into that. So, Daredevil number twelve was written by Stan Lee. Layouts were done by Jack Kirby. Pencils by John Romita, the the legendary John Romita. This was his Ooh. first issue. Yeah, uh, John also did the inks for his own work. And Sam Rosen did the lettering. So. That would explain why the art stood out to me. Yeah. It was because he did his own inking and, and drawing. And John Romina is fucking phenomenal. I mean, he's, yeah, he's <laughs> really great. Yeah, he's really great. He, uh, he was pretty solid. He knew what he wanted to do. You don't have to kind of imply it or, or you know, uh, communicate it to your inker and you know, because you are the inker. So it's, he, he was doing it all. The title of Daredevil number 12 is Sightless in a Savage Land, which implies, yes, that we're going to go back to the Savage Land. Um, Can we so, just go live there? Let's just go live yeah, in the Savage Land. Except, <laughs> except I, I think Kazar's against it. Remember what he said to the X-Men? You go now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, but he misses them. He does. And as we will, we will see here. So in this story, Daredevil goes on a cruise, much like uh, much like Iceman did, 
He gets captured by pirates, much like Iceman did. Um, but Iceman never left the Hudson Bay on his pirate cruise. Uh, Daredevil here gets captured and taken to the Savage Land, where he fights Kazar and somehow gets gravely injured. I thought it was a great issue, and I, I think I mentioned this during the during the last episode that this that that issue was an adventure. It was a pirate adventure, and this I felt was the same way. So um, the pirate in question, of course, is Laura is uh, the plunderer. Okay. And uh, so my question here to you guys is who here is already familiar with the plunderer? Not me, man. No. No. I have to admit, though, every time someone said plunderer or Lord Plunder, I heard it in um, Dusty Rhodes's (laughs) voice. He's like, he's getting the plunder, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, this is, of course, uh, a bit of a spoiler, but Kazar, of course, is nobility, trapped in the Savage Land, grew up, raised by, I don't know, Savages. Tigers or something. A sab- yeah, yeah, by Zabu. Yeah. So he only knows the jungle, even though he's, you know, got royalty in him. Um, isn't, isn't that pretty much the same thing as Tarzan? Oh, no, exactly. It was a direct yeah, ripoff. Yeah. yeah, it was a direct ripoff of Tarzan. Um, and the plunderer is his brother. It's uh, Kazar's brother. He is the That's... plunderer. And that, I mean, it comes directly from his name. Um, and I knew this going in and I was really jazzed about it. I'm like, oh, this is going to be cool. I can't, I can't wait to read this. I've only read, well, I've read this issue probably about four years ago, three years ago now. Um, but other than that, I spent years and years really into Kazar and loving, I enjoyed his, his solo book. Um, but wanting to know more about his evil brother and, and, you know, how that all went down. Um, but the plunderer seems like a really decent pirate. Like he seems legit a pirate, but he's, he's not just a, you know, cut you down and steal your booty. He's got plans. He can steal my booty. It's just, it's an unfortunate pseudo porn name that he's called the plunderer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Shane, being a big Kazar fan, what do you think? Man, I was. It was a lot of fun. Um, I got real excited. Kazar's first page. He seemed like his intelligence level had shot up quite a bit. Oh my and god! And then right? shit on it on the second page, and I was like, "Oh, you son of a bitch!" <laughs> they they even gave a disclaimer. And as far as like, if you're wondering why his why why the, why the language is so corny. It's it's because it's you know dead. being translated from whatever it is they speak on Skull Island or whatever I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but they were talking about the lizard people. I thought I caught that too. I'm like, wait, he was speaking intelligently, and then all of a sudden right. it's like, Zavu, leave, no, Come, we know, go now, <laughs> we go now. Yeah. Not only that, it got worse than usual. It got yep. really bad. It was like Tonto on the Lone Ranger bad. That's Oof. the level of yeah. stupid that it was. Still, the story I thought turned out to be quite interesting. It wasn't a simple story that you know we were used to reading. It was uh, he's got something going on on the Savage Land. Meanwhile, Daredevil's got something going on on this ship. Um, not only that, but we get to see a little bit about what's going on in the Daredevil's life with his sweetheart Karen and his partner, Foggy Nelson, and they're, they're getting together. Um, 
Way to go, Foggy, giving Daredevil's old lady the pickle tickle. Yeah, well. So, and and of course, I did see a lot of X-Men in this, in that Daredevil's like, she could never love a blind man. And then, you know, Karen's like, if only he knew how I felt about him. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And then, of course, Rowan pointed out that, you know, he he wants to go on this ship to get on a cruise and go just get out for a while to get his head clear. Realizes he's late, so he puts on his daredevil outfit and goes swinging through the city so that he can leap from the dock to the ship, <laughs> much like Iceman did two years before. The only excuse you need. Yeah. And nobody checks tickets. I mean, <laughs> they're like, hold on, daredevil. Do you have a ticket? That, though, is a prime example of why my superpower would be teleportation. Yes. Problem solved. I think right. you're right, too. That's it. There you well, go. I mean, plus, you know, Indiana Jones isn't around to throw people off when they don't have a ticket. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my notes say that Kazar talks normally until page nine, where he's oh. where he uh, reverts to a grunting caveman. <laughs> one, one of the quotes is Kazar, have you need no other. <laughs> oh, Zabu, <laughs> hold me. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. You can love your pet. <laughs> don't love uh, your pet. So so it, it, animals uh, are our friends, but they won't <laughs> pick us up at the airport. It, it was it was cool. So there's Skull Island, and for some reason, the Magor and the Swamp People who hate Kazar are going to go burn down Skull Island. Kazar's not even on Skull Island. <laughs> I couldn't figure that one out. I was like, why does the, the skull remind them of Kazar's genitals? I'm very confused. He's, he's not even on the island. He's looking over at the island on fire, and they're like, yes, we're going to take the island back. Burn Skull Island. What? What's going on here? So I was a little confused, but I did enjoy the fact that the story wasn't just focused on, you know, Daredevil on this swingers cruise, and, <laughs> <laughs> which, by the way, was not a cruise uh, of horny teenagers. These people were older, horny seniors. Yes, horny, <laughs> horny seniors. I loved the the wooden pirate ship that could turn into the middle submarine. That was that was. I thought so that was cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was sweet. Total Transformers. What I thought was kind of neat was, you know, right away, Daredevil hears somebody say, uh, you don't think the plunderer is going to see us out here, do you? And they're like, oh, no, he's a legend. That was one of the things I wrote down for this one, actually. It was like, this book gets right to it. The plunderer won't attack us. Wrong! (laughs) (laughs) Daredevil seems kind of happy about that. Yep, yep. I did question, though, like, how did Daredevil know when the boat was doing its transformation? How did he know the sound he was hearing was a mast being folded up and going into the deck? How many transforming pirate ships that turn into submarines has the Daredevil been on? The, right? the one that got me was like, he was like, oh, that's a schooner. It shouldn't be moving that fast. How do you know? You're fucking blind. <laughs> I have one answer to that and to every other question in the world. Magnetism. Magnetism. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I was thinking that well, as soon as I saw the transforming ship, I'm like, okay, this guy's a pirate. He has advanced technology that goes from literally an old wooden schooner 
to this super advanced submarine. This guy's clearly a genius, like Tony Stark level. Why isn't mm-hmm. he making money with his brilliance? Which would be a hundred times what he's going to make as a pirate. Doesn't he address that? He's already rich. He's because he, yeah. cause he also, so it's nobility. just the challenge that he's after. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's over, he's also nobility. Um, what I thought was interesting here while I'm reading this, I keep thinking about uh, Strange Tales 120 because they're basically the same stories with the same characters. Okay. Uh, Captain Barracuda has, he doesn't have the technology that Plunder has. He's got a cool soundtrack or cool theme song, but he doesn't have <laughs> he doesn't have a transforming schooner, and the plunderer does. So I wonder if like they were like thinking maybe we need to do something with Barracuda. It turns out he was kind of lame. Let's let's kind of flesh him out a little bit. What would he be like now? I think both characters went on to do other things. You know, certainly when I was reading Kazar in the eighties. 90s plunderer his brother was part of you know the story arc at some point so it's not like they wrote him out and as we mentioned also the barracuda came around and was fighting with hulk and namor and iron man and all that so they're rehashing some storylines here john ramita's first issue i'm not going to complain too much (laughs) yeah well uh, yeah so but no plunderers roger to what you were asking earlier the plunderer like and what rowan said was the plunderer does say my first love is the sea and Mm. and he's like that uh, that he's like he went he went searching for atlantis and backdoored into the savage land that's fair that's fair yeah, he says that he uh, he had he had these ideas, these grand ideas for ships with all his technologies, but everyone mocked him and said it could never be done. So he decided to get revenge on anybody on the sea because the seas were his. Wow. <laughs> and it was and it was Barracuda that captured Namor. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this guy found the back door into the savage yeah. lane. So I mean, yeah. come on, <laughs> he found the back door already. Yeah. Uh, he plundered it. <laughs> I did not it. say that. <laughs> Plunderer. Yeah. Such a bad name, but I love it. That pirate booty. What's in the name? It's not even a, it's not even like an alias or a nickname or something. He just added another ER to his already existing last name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you're not even fucking trying. Yes. <laughs> Rob Hawthorner. Yeah. Hawthorner. Hawthorner. Um, I could be a supervillain. There you, you go. So You're ready. What? Now, you what's cool is pants. he captures Daredevil and he's like, You're going to join me. And Daredevil's like, I'll just play along. Okay. And, and you know. <laughs> Let's go barbecue. Let's go have a supervillain barbecue. <laughs> and, and basically, they sit in plunderers chambers and they talk and and i kind of like the plunderer he doesn't sound so bad mm-hmm. he sounds like i'd hang out with guy. him yeah he, he sounds like the mcu's uh peter quill you know yeah uh, going to do going to do crime because that's fun um and he's not out trying to kill people he could have killed daredevil but he didn't he's like no you're gonna join me i thought that was great See, I'd rather be the young punks from Repo Man. You know, let's go get sushi and not pay. <laughs> you think the plunderer pays for sushi? 
pulls it right out of the water. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you, you don't know what kind of prehistoric reptilian nonsense you're going to be eating, but it's... Oh, you know, you, you, Barracuda had the, the, what is it called? The Prometheus horn where he blows it and all the sea monsters come out. Barracuda could be, I mean, a plunderer could have been living high on the hog with seafood for life. If he'd had that thing. Now, I mentioned earlier that that Daredevil was gravely injured. Um, this is because he got into a fight. I'm trying to remember. So Kate, there was, of course, a misunderstanding, as often happens. And he and Kazar were fighting. And uh, Rowan mentioned Kazar was, of course, moping around, missing the X-Men. Uh, you know, he sent them away and was really pissed. Never come he back. He told them and, not to come back. Yeah. And they left. And he's like, boy, I sure do miss those costumed people how did he know they were wearing costumes <laughs> they look like costumes i mean he doesn't know how people dress That's they're true. not wearing loincloths like well, well no but his only other interaction with humans before then appeared to be when he was interacting with the military who yeah. had suddenly shown up in the antarctic so right but th those how does he know that how does he know clothes are clothes versus costumes is what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> and then of course, Daredevil gets hurt and Kazar's like, I'm going to take him and, and heal him with the sap of the, or the fruit juice of some. The some... juju plant. That's right. And this, uh, the whole issue is just a huge ad for jujubes. Oh, <laughs> true. I think you nailed it. <laughs> man rob you uh, used to eat the shit out of those too I'd didn't eat the you shit out of them yeah I would. I'd, buy the big, I'd buy the big box and just gobble them man yep I'd keep them in my pocket um i kept them warm at any rate <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you had to keep them in your pocket for at least two hours or they were you were unable to chew them that's right <laughs> so of course uh this issue leaves us with daredevil in grave peril and unconscious and i was like oh everyone's gonna hate me for this what a cliffhanger are you serious <laughs> but we will of course be reading number 13 down the way yeah i don't know i just think it was a i think it was a great issue what do you think about kazar i mean just the art on kazar alone in this book should sell anybody on reading kazar stories Mm -hmm. yeah it's like right. just like when he's like throwing down with daredevil you can see the motion john ramita's art is so pretty you see you can like he's so you see he's throwing a punch with his right hand and rearing back to come across with the left hand and you can see the motion in both it's it's amazing it's such a it's such a change so, uh, I was just looking at my phone earlier, and apparently John Romita Sr. is still alive. Yeah. Wow. Really? He's, 90, he's 93. So, Shane, if you want to take a road trip so you can go kiss his ass a little bit more, we can do that. <laughs> I'll go. Let's do it. We'll take a trip to the East Coast. and uh, Shane Pardon me, sir. Something. I don't want your autograph. I just want to kiss your booty for a while. That's all right. We're, we're going we're gonna to bring chapstick. Uh, you think we should maybe swing by the cemetery so you could piss on Jack Kirby's grave there, Roger? Oh man, come on! Damn, damn! Can we stop by sir. Stan Lee's grave too? <laughs> oh, you guys, we're all yeah. going to hell, dude. That's all. I'm yeah. I don't, one thing for me though that I I really noticed, especially with this issue, after having read um, the Strange Tales and the couple of other ones, non X Men books that we've read. 
is like I'm I'm kind of having a hard time getting through the X Men books sometimes just because there's something there. There's a bit of a block for me, but th- I had no difficulty reading these at all. These flow right. so smoothly, and maybe yeah. that's just because they didn't care about the X Men. Yeah. Like they actually put thought and consideration into these other books. But this was a breeze to read for me, and yeah. it was enjoyable. It really was. Um, and, and I'll admit we're kind of in a rough patch as far as the X Men history. It does get better, so I I urge you guys to keep reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and part of kind of part of intercutting it with issues of daredevil and strange tales and fantastic four is so that we we don't like just get fed up and sick of the x-men <laughs> you know? it's not um, to say that every issue is like that but there's right. definitely like it, you'll, you'll get like two good issues and then you'll get one issue that's like okay massive text walls well there's also a, a thing about like running into characters you don't really give a damn about mm. um in in the x-men that totally happens you know I mean, yep. it's going to happen with some of the reading that we're going to talk about really soon. So, uh, but it does get better. Just well, get I, hanging. Well, <laughs> the other thing I feel like is it's just the whole format. Like, I don't know if yeah. they're having trouble finding the right pace for the X-Men, but like mm-hmm. this issue of Daredevil, just within the first panel, you can see that something has happened to get you to where you are. And something else is going to happen that probably won't have anything to do with that. But there's other stories that are going to be told at another time. Well, I, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Pacing is a big thing. I got to say, reading this issue of Daredevil and reading that issue of Strange Tales number 120 that we read, those flowed so well. For me, the problem with the X-Men books is that they're always at the school they're always doing training they're always finding the villain of the week in new york they're not going anywhere they're not doing anything different except for occasionally they're getting drawn to go out and do something but even then they're still like in new york yeah the the kazar issue where they went to the savage land was fresh and different but Mm -hmm. generally it's like you can you can plot out a typical x-men issue mm-hmm. page by page beat by beat i mean it's it's like they're doing it in their sleep now now they did go to washington dc to fight the vanisher yeah they, well that's what i'm saying they did, do a few, they did a few things <laughs> like that it still felt like new york <laughs> i'm always impressed in the x-men how we are able to um get from connecticut to downtown new york in a matter of minutes Mm -hmm. like that just is you could tell it's fantasy right there so they (laughs) you know they have their planes and their copter and their whatever whatever you know weird their own pirate ship yes that's true i read a more (laughs) recent issue uh and i and i i mean as recent as maybe it was about three years four years old where they're like, are we going to take the jet? And one of the characters was like, silly Nightcrawler, jet fuel costs money. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I I actually heard how much it costs to to fly the the Blackbird. And as those things are flying, they're just leaking fuel out like crazy. And so it it costs like a million dollars or more just to fly it, you know, across the state. So why and and they have to refuel it in the air because of the leaking. Yep. Yes. 
So that's not fuel. That's chemtrails. They're trying to make us sterile and putting <laughs> putting syphilis in our cookies. Damn mutants! No. Um, <laughs> so so flying all the way, you know, all that, all they, all the traveling they do is just it's not very efficient. Um, maybe they ought to look into getting a transforming wooden schooner. There you go. Well, that I mean, they had so they cool. they had the helicopter with the big X plastered all over it. Yeah. yeah. Flying into the center of a city that fears and hate them with advertisement <laughs> all over yes. the side of the sky bus. <laughs> yeah. I, I I say we go back to the conversation we had when they uh, when Magneto stole that murder yeah. freighter. Um, <laughs> <you know. laughs> that kind of brings up issue 20, doesn't it? Where you have the blob pretending to be one of the X-Men. Yes. Well, let's let's not give too much away. We'll go into it now. But yes, exactly. A little false advertising. Um, but it looks like it's time to move into that. So shall we? What a great segue, Rowan. Yeah, fantastic. Nailed it. Um, so yeah, X-Men number 20. Um, this is uh, written, oh, wait a minute. It sure is written by Roy Thomas. Um, so we have, no longer do we have Stan Lee writing. This is written by Roy Thomas who goes on to write a lot of stuff, um, predominantly X-Men, but he, he writes a ton of other stuff too. Uh, penciled by Jay Gavin, AKA Warner Roth, inked by Dick Ayers and lettered by Art Simic. Also edited by Stan Lee, so he's still around. Um, I love the fact that even though he's no longer writing the book, Peckerhead gave himself top billing. He does. In the yes. that I that was in one of my notes. That I have an open. That's it's yeah. I, that drives me crazy. It's like, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so, dude, if you were the editor, you'd put your name first too. Come on. Well, I, no, I don't think Shane would. I don't think Shane would. Are you kidding me? He wouldn't. The, he would the put print it at the for bottom. his name would be twice as big as anybody no, no, else. No, of course it would. No, it would. It would be at the bottom, but it would be huge. Because um, <laughs> he's holding everybody up. <laughs> no, I just make. I just make mine the, the bottom frame of the the whole bottom page. That's right. Yeah. 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 Shaped like a mountain that Kazar's standing on. You know. It's That's shame. right. <laughs> so. The title of this story is I, Lucifer, and I know that that's everybody's favorite X-Men villain. I actually had a little more respect for him in this one. Wait, what? Yeah, I'm going to say it. <laughs> okay. Wow, that, that goes against what I wrote down here. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, I said, oh, look, <laughs> robots led by the dollar store Magneto. <laughs> so, yeah. We were a little bit differing in our opinions here. I don't have that note, but like I had that thought in my head as I read this, but I thought he was way better in this issue than the last issue yeah. we saw then. <laughs> yeah, he was. That's that's what I'm saying. Dude. Yeah. Well, he yeah. was mostly unconscious in that last issue. I got it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so now I I like this issue a lot. The way it starts out, like the first half of it, I think is is interesting it brings up more questions though than it that it uh answers and that is you know we start out with the blob and Eunice dressed as x-men robbing banks and stuff first of all so the blob now knows that the x-men are jerks 
<laughs> and the X-Men, oh, oh, and the X-Men, gosh darn it, went against what he said that he would do. Like the X-Men, he told the X-Men, I'm not going to fight anybody. I'm just going to go off and do my own thing. And they're like, all right, you remember that. Now he's committing crimes again? Well, he said he wouldn't do that. You know, <laughs> you can't trust a criminal X-Men. Well, you know right. how you can tell that they're bad guys on this very first page, though, they're right? Smoking. They're smoking. They're smoking. <laughs> yes, they both have cigarettes. <laughs> we learn that, yeah, they, of course, they're trying to give the X-Men a bad name. Now, what I thought was cool about this whole segment was the X-Men show up and they're like, Blob says something like, oh, good, you're here to help us carry the loot. You know, so he's really trying to kick it home so anybody in in listening or hearing distance can go oh wait see the x-men are bad i thought he did a great job of that too mm -hmm. yeah 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 trying to trying to perpetrate that anti-mutant hysteria now we do find out of course that the mastermind behind those crimes is none other than lucifer because uh you know blob wouldn't have thought of that on his own <laughs> how but okay now let's talk about this for a second the only thing, even when he tells the story that Lucifer was the mastermind behind the whole thing, is because he said so. They're meeting, they're deciding to work together, they're pulling the job. None of it had anything to do with Lucifer. Yeah, but, I, didn't, I didn't get that connection either. Yeah. Like, Yeah, it... I, I wonder, maybe he, he was, it was just to draw the X-Men out um, mm -hmm. to make the X-Men look bad. And for what? I mean, why do, is Lucifer pissed off at them? Because they didn't let him blow up. I don't Especially know. like that close to his end goal, too. Like, you're not going to mm -hmm. segue into something that could potentially ruin your goal when you're in the, like, in the in ninth inning. You know, yeah. it's just, it's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. It, it it was definitely a a strange setup, and I didn't buy it. I it was just he was trying to take. That's like trying to take you know a drunk driver trying to take credit for stricter DUI laws. Yes, <laughs> it's technically true, but you're missing a whole lot of the story here, man. <laughs> Well, I know that the shit is serious when Drew busts out with the baseball metaphors, but I want to hear what Roger has to say about Lucifer. Like you say you give him more credit. What tell me what you like about Lucifer here? So the reason, like kind of like what Drew said, the reason I liked Lucifer a little bit better in this issue was in the the first x-men issue where he's introduced they just say lucifer and you're like what satan what's going on here and then it's just like a mole man prototype living you know underground and xavier's got to fight him and you're like what's the story i don't know blah 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 and they reveal it later slowly piece by piece but in this in this issue they finally show him as vanguard for alien invasion so now i'm starting to understand his point of view I'm understanding his motivation a little bit more. You know, all of this, he's using the blob and Eunice, who I think is a brilliant team up, by the way. I, I enjoyed watching them perpetrate their stuff on the X-Men because it was so easy to do, right? I mean, it's like, oh, we'll just put on their uniforms. We'll run around and do stuff and say that we're X-Men. You know, you've already got a, you've already got a wary uh, public not sure what to do with these mutants, so it's easy to tip the 
the common opinion. But I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I think making him a, an invading space alien is totally random and out of left field. Yeah, I'll grant you that. Sure. But it, it just, it, to me, it, it developed the character in a way that wasn't the typical drugstore bad guy, you know, that we normally see, oh, something happened to me when I was 14 and now I'm pissed off at the world and blah, 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 you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, one thing about Lucifer or the Lucifer issues, both issues is it very much seems to me that Professor Xavier is like, Lucifer's the bad guy. And everyone's like, okay, cool. We don't care why he just is. Yeah, like the, that's, they, that's gave, typical with the X Men, though. They'll do whatever. They're very you know, unquestioning. Go, what yeah. was the thing he said? Our only ca- job is to obey. Yeah, go capture and destroy the Fantastic Four, and they're like, "Uh, okay, okay. all right, <laughs> sure." <laughs> capture and destroy the Fantastic Four. I'll see ya. <laughs> yeah. I do have a question: Is Lucifer the first example in literature of a neckbeard? oh wow (laughs) i my my note i have some of my best notes for this issue the first (laughs) first first three right here page four cyclops is a little bitch (laughs) yeah that's my note page five oh my gosh I have Cyclops being a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> my, note sa- my note says that bitch Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And then I have on on a I have page eleven. Stan needs to keep his commentary to himself. Uh, what was the commentary? So they they fall onto the subway and uh, I don't know one of the bad guys says shut up keep your head down we'll be back and then. And the little editor's note it says, and you can bet we'll meet them. We'll meet. We'll be there when they it happens. Like mm. Stan, no shit. Shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't don't interrupt my story, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like thanks for breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. I see. Yeah. My note about Scott leaving the X Men was Scott leaving the X Men is as random as Iceman's zebra food flavored ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but it was the reason I said that was because. The giraffe that ate the ice cream was on a special diet and could only eat zebra food. Mm. <laughs> I'm glad we're all we all concur that Cyclops is a little bitch in this, this issue, though. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's just this issue myself. No, it's uh, not. Mm. Now, it's the, one, the, the one thing I will say though, the art in this book is a little up and down, but on page twelve, when they deploy the big Dominus gun. It's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. Yes, it is. It is. Well, I actually think that the art gets better after after number after page eleven. Like after yeah. the Blob and Eunice stuff, all the Dominus and and robots and Lucifer stuff is really cool. Now, I will say also that as I read through this, anytime I read the word Dominus because it was always big and in bold print with an exclamation point after it, I chuckled. <laughs> I couldn't, <laughs> and I would say Dominus. You know, it was just funny to me. Well, but now to be fair, we're still in the age where every sentence ends with an exclamation <laughs> point, unless it's a question. That's true. That's yes. true. But I did wonder, like, like you said, it gets better. But they're still confusing things, like when Professor X all of a sudden locks up, and Marvel Girl has no idea what's going on, so she listens to his heart. As mm-hmm. opposed to like 
trying to communicate with him telepathically like <laughs> she could normally do on a day-to-day -day basis. <laughs> I just read my note for this page. My, <laughs> my note is Professor X finally gets what's coming to him. Love to see it. <laughs> Our listeners are like, they're, I mean, if you guys, I don't know. I think that if people actually went back and read this, you know, today, I mean, those that are going back and reading these issues are probably picking up on the same stuff that we've already picked up on. Um, for anybody who's listening and doesn't know this, we play a role-playing game that came out in the 80s. It's the Marvel role-playing game, and we play the X-Men from the 1960s. Um, and I think it we was completely who, destroyed it. <laughs> okay, we have, but I think it was Roger who said to me at one point, uh, "Is is Professor X really that big of a jerk in in the books? Because in the game, we play him as a big douchebag." <laughs> so, he is. Yeah. I I'm curious as to what you guys think of of Lucifer as. It feels like they're really gearing him up to be the major villain you know we're seeing less of magneto these days um and so it feels like they want lucifer to be the big bad um the dollar store magneto mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> i agree with you though rob and i got that feeling in the in the first lucifer issue because he he didn't appear a lot he was this big mysterious larger than life and they're like oh he's the one to, that paralyzed the professor he's he's the bad guy and mm -hmm. they kind of the fact that they did set him up as the vanguard for an alien invasion kind of just compounded that mm. for me. But what he wasn't the one that paralyzed Xavier, right? It was. It happens in this issue. Well, I mean, they say it here, but I thought that they had said before that it was Magneto. Mm -mm. No, they. I wonder. That would be interesting to see: is how many times have they retconned how he lost his use of his legs? Yeah, it does get retconned later on, but yeah, up till now it was. It was Lucifer. connected to Lucifer. Yeah. Yeah. And also in this issue, um, Xavier admits that Lucifer is a reason he formed the X Men. The, yeah, this this whole backstory with, so what you know, um, Professor X is telling Jean Grey the the story of Lucifer and how he goes to this mysterious walled city in Tibet or somewhere back in Asia and he leads this rebellion against this tyrant and he chases Lucifer through this fortress and a boulder falls on him and that's why he's paralyzed but like the why did he just all of a sudden decide that he's going to lead a rebellion like my my note says Professor X just decides to lead a rebellion because he thinks the leader is an alien question mark or because he's manipulating, or because Lucifer is manipulating the minds of a select few. Pot oh, me kettle. Boy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. He can't be controlling people's minds like that. That's my rebellion against him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So Lucifer is like controlling the minds of a, a select few people who then like control the rest of the of the society, and like because of that. Professor Xavier thinks he's a bad guy mm -hmm. and potentially has alien technology, which that was a leap of like a, a, a leap of logic that I just didn't understand from the professor. I could I could see Gene saying to to Professor Xavier, you're going to erase Lucifer's mind because he m controls people with his with this tele, you know, telepathy. And the professor looks at her and says, Gene, look at this little flashy thing for a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, now. So one one thing, um, <laughs> Professor X, Professor X, 
leading all this um, rebellion, and he like must have gotten everyone that was following him killed because all yeah. of a sudden they just weren't <laughs> yeah. there, and he just walked away. I yeah. mean, he was like, and, "Well, shoot." Yep. And then, am I the only one that's hoping that, like, when Lucifer and his leader take off their helmets, that they look like Admiral Akbar? <laughs> no, I, that would be great. I, I, I figure that their heads have to be shaped strangely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and when, yeah, I mean, these guys look goofy as hell. <laughs> it's got to be. They must have just like a discount on purple and red ink. It's like all the villains are purple and red. It might have to do with what stays on the page better. You know, <laughs> yellow yellow might fade, orange might fade, purple and red kind of kind of ah. blotch. But yeah. <laughs> That's it. No, I think this whole like <clears throat> Professor Xavier thing goes back to the philosophical question I I asked you guys once about does might make right? These guys have mm -hmm. these abilities to do these things. There's nobody to stop them. So in their mind, they're like, well, I was born with this. So I'm going to do it because it's my natural ability. And that's okay. It makes them as good as the villains then. Yeah. I mean, you know, sure. If you can do something like that. Can you do it and you're subjugating people and instead of using it for, for something good, you're obviously a douchebag, but he doesn't think he's a douchebag. He thinks he's doing the right thing. So is he just a misguided douchebag? Is he, is he really a bad guy? That's I what mean, makes a compelling villain though, is that they're the hero yeah. of their own story. Mm -hmm. I, I would agree. <clears throat> so who's, who's the worst villain? Is it Xavier or is it Magneto? I'd put them on the same level. Really? <laughs> yeah. I think that's one thing that modern movies did really well is put them on the same level. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think I would that, agree. Yeah. But in the modern movies, Xavier's not the dick that he is in the comics. That's true. And to, and to be honest with you, I never really imagined that he I never thought that he was until recently when everyone's kind of been bashing on him and pointing out the reasons yeah. why. I, I pointed that out a, a minute ago that you brought up, you know, was he really that big of a jerk? And then, yeah, yeah. I mean, really, look at this. I have a whole section of my notes called The Crimes of Xavier. Yeah. <laughs> what, well, did he, what did he do in this issue, Rob? You want to know what he did in this issue? I do. Um, I, yeah, I, I didn't actually write anything down for this issue. <laughs> I think, though, you, you brought up that like, in our game, we Professor Xavier is a dick, and so that's kind of why we're looking at him as a dick. But mm, could be. I joined the game late, and Professor Xavier was gone by the time I joined, so I, I'm not looking at it through that bias, and I still am looking at everything that he's doing as like, wow, you're kind of a, you're kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah, he is. He really. So, is. so you don't think that starting a revolution the first day in town. And then letting all the revolutionaries that have followed you to hopeful freedom die in a flame-throwing drowning pool at the bottom of some <laughs> rando alien's castle in their city? No, I, I think that's definitely a crime of Xavier. Put I just him on the have, list! I didn't have enough room on my page. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this was just the most hypocritical I've ever seen it. Charles Xavier B. And it's this like, uh, and this is a flashback of him too. Mm -hmm. This is him before the X-Men. So so here's here's the fourth wall question. Is uh is he being written that way on purpose? I don't or think so. is it like a so. subconscious? Oh, no, it's not, right? They, they're yeah. just writing him like this, and he's coming across as a douche, but whoever's writing it, whether it's Stan or somebody else, may not realize that he's I, coming across like a douche. Yeah. Right. 
because they're following this mindset that Mike makes right. And that what he's doing is for the greater good, right? The greater good. And then, I also, and, I also that justifies think, right, it. They also think those mental powers are not necessarily, they're not necessarily thinking that using these mental powers with these certain intentions equals evil. They're like right. looking at them yeah, in that's... a certain context and it's like, if they exactly. really thought about it, they would realize that these it was not okay, but they're not thinking about it. Right. That kind of goes that kind of goes. Back I, to I my... love that you're I love that you're doing that hand gesture as you're saying that. You're just like <laughs> Rowan's all like projecting. <laughs> to to Rowan's point though, like they're just like, oh well, if you had mental powers and you needed a ride to the store, what would you do? Oh, well, you would just Stop some rando with your brain on the and have them give you yeah. a ride to the store. Yeah. Oh, that would be funny. Just it lends itself to my theory that before he started writing comic books, Stan Lane didn't actually talk to people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> or after my, he started my, writing comic books. My theory on all that is, you know, people back in the 60s when they were first reading this were probably like, oh yeah, totally. But we are a different mindset of people. Like a lot has happened. We actually think differently. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, a lot of shit has happened that that makes even people who were reading comic books in the '60s think differently now. Yeah, and that's one thing I have yep. to keep telling myself as I'm reading these. Like, these are from the '60s. Uh, uh, my childhood was the late '90s, early 2000s. So my the way I think and the way I think about things is completely different than what they were experiencing back then. So I kind of have to keep in mind that. This wasn't written for me. Well, that's that's something that I had in my notes that occurred to me one night after reading one or two of these issues was we're looking at stuff from today. This stuff was written 60 years ago, mm -hmm. literally. And it's a completely different context that that we're seeing it in versus the period of society that it was written in. So I think and, you know, you can bash on. Stanley for his writing and whatever else but at the same time I think he was just kind of ignorantly innocently simple-mindedly however you want to say it writing this stuff and putting it out there yeah I don't I don't think he was thinking the deep thoughts about professor professor x being a douche with his with his powers but I bet you there were some people that were thinking mind controlling police officers or whatever there were probably people thinking oh, that's kind of messed up like you know what I mean while they were reading the books but like the customers or his or the marvel staff yeah what do you mean <laughs> well, well maybe pe maybe just people reading the books and then okay, getting to that fair. part yeah. and kind of and maybe going Ugh. Well, but but not but, but i can see on a grand scale culturally that mind control aspect wasn't necessarily resonating collectively you yeah. know what i mean yeah well there's well, a reason is... the cca came about <laughs> yeah well the, the, keep in mind this is post-world war ii where we had the whole mentality of again might makes right it's yeah. what we want we have the ability to do it so this is the right thing to do for us so that's the kind of mentality that i think is going on here yeah well, it's also post korea and getting yeah. closer to, to know, vietnam. Vietnam. Rights in vietnam yeah so um, fair enough that was i don't remember what issue it was but i had in my notes something about uh, um american ca uh, um imperialism and and something about american imperialism but then i was like i'm not i'm gonna take that out because that's just the way it was back then 
Like we, America was the country. It was either the Americans or the Soviets. And that, that's just the way people thought. So I, I took yeah. that note out because that's, it's not worth saying because it's just the way it was. Yeah. But to the other side of it too, though, is that if the X-Men is supposed to be like an allegory for, you know, minorities and fringe groups and the outcasts, those people wouldn't or shouldn't be shown as using their powers or their abilities or the the skills that they have to oppress and and dominate other people if those are supposed to be the fringe and the minority i don't think that that idea came up till later i honestly don't and, I that, think that's, and that's, yeah. what, that's what this proves is that if yeah. that was the and i i can't imagine uh a, a person of color in the 19th mid 1960s reading a book about four white teenagers with superpowers. I don't think there was that many. Right. And even as an even if this was really an allegory, this book was not really for black teenagers. It, this it, book was for no, white yeah. people. Yeah. I it mean, didn't it really target was. that audience at all. I mean, I, in a broad um, sense, 20 years later, when he says, yeah, yeah, this is allegory. Sure. Yeah. Okay. It's because somebody else told him that. It's because someone else brought it up. Right. He he was a white Jewish guy. Yeah. There's a little subconscious allegory, maybe, but it's not, it's not everything he's saying that it is. No, they're just, they're just trying to make money, which is fine. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's why you start a business, right? Is to make yeah. money. By the way, send us money. <laughs> that is about it for now um i got deep <laughs> yeah yeah that was i mean that was some good shit to talk about and we're going to be touching on more the the stories as we go on are going to get deeper and deeper and more um more poignant more interesting more complicated um so, just got to stick through the first 20 years or so. Just, just <laughs> hang in there. Yeah, we'll have more conversations like this for sure. Um, and you can bet that Lucifer is not gone, obviously. So, uh, but th that is that is it for this this episode. And I want to thank everybody for, for coming and tuning in. Next time, we're going to talk about X-Men number 21 and X-Men number 22, which is of course a lucifer issue um and uh following that some of the most ridiculous supervillains you have ever seen versus the x-men so thanks a lot everybody and we'll catch you later bye Peace. bye, -bye.